Thank you for listening to the Ify Market Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking about webinar success with uh, Daniel Wass. Daniel is the Director of Marketing for GoToWebinar, the leading web events platform with over 55,000 customers. Outside work, Daniel is a geek who loves Lego, sci-fi, and the occasional video game. Uh, Daniel, we're really excited to have you on today. Um, first question out of the gate, can you tell us why, uh, if you market with webinars, they will come? Well, thanks for having me, uh, Sky. I'm equally excited to be here. So uh, I think the number one reason why when you market with webinars, people come is that you can be engaging and live and in person in a way that is kind of rare in B2B. If you think of where, if you think of the other things that we do to market our our B2B business, it's the website and it's collateral. And even if we have a fun tone in it, it doesn't quite do the same trick as actually having someone on live. And so in that sense, right, you've got podcasts, you've got video, but what I like about webinars is that they have this live feedback component where you've got the audience with you and you can engage and interact with them right then and there. And that just drives engagement. And I think that gives you a better chance to convert people uh, into into business or, or, or into whatever your call to action is. Right. So I guess, and I'm going to be a little tough on you probably, and at, at the same time in love with your guys' new product there. The whole reason, I mean, I reached out to you to be on the podcast because I, I came across your guys' uh, uh, what is it, go-to-stage um, product and just really loved it, even though I've kind of shunned webinars in the uh, in the recent years. Um, just from bad experiences. But so I think I'm going to be tough on you on webinars in general. And then at the same time, a little bit in love with your guys product <laughs> and with what you can do with webinars. So uh, this should, this should be exciting. Um, I guess webinars are a bit like a podcast that have visuals and, you know, have a live audience to it to an extent. So they can go very well, but they can also go terribly wrong, which is kind of why I fled them uh, in, you know, in, in the past. Yeah, I think, you know, and you're not you're not alone in this, right? Like so so you're not the the only person that that thinks of webinars as something that can be dry, right? And that can be boring. And uh, and if you look at my my LinkedIn tagline uh, is uh, ridding the world of boring webinars, right? And so that's really that's really what we're about because I, I don't think they well, I definitely know they don't have to be boring and we we want to teach people on how to do them better and, and how to make them in, engaging. And uh, in too many cases, they're just a presenter aid, right? They're, they're just, yeah, yeah. hey, this That's is me, this is my business and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my pitch and there's not a lot of variation in it and you zone out, right? But not only I'm going to give you my pitch, but the reason we started doing a podcast instead of webinars and do it in this kind of live... Uh, unscripted style is it's let me give you my pitch and I'm going to read it off paper for the first time here for the webinar for you guys to listen to in all of its glory. Uh, and people just, they can't read punctuation properly. They don't stutter properly. It just, you know, they, I, I tell people, if you're going to do that, you might as well just type it into word and hit the read function and let, you know, let Steve, let Stephen Hawking read it at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think the script read to your point, right? Like that, that's one of the things that, that makes it unengaging. And so we never have a script. We always do it live and we think of it more like a show, uh, than a webinar. And, uh, and I've done a ton of webinars recently, just about those topics, how to engage on a webinar. And, uh, you know, I'm bringing pictures on from David Hasselhoff cause I'm, I'm a German and I like the Hoff, uh, you know, <laughs> as you probably know, all Germans can sing, uh, the, the, the songs that the Hoff has recorded. Uh, I'm not going to do that here, although that might be fun. <laughs> maybe <laughs> off air, maybe off air, we'll get a couple from you. Um, but you know, you, you can totally make these things fun. Just leading up to this, right? We, we chatted about uh, Viking helmets, right? So my last webinar, I came on with a Viking helmet. Why? Because I was trying to make a point. And the point was, hey, we've added 12 million viewers, 12 million people watching uh, webinars and go to webinar just last year. So there's 12 more, 12 million more people watching webinars. And that happens to be the size of Sweden. Uh, and so... Mm-hmm. Okay, let me don a, a Viking helmet as we're on the webinar, as I'm on video. Uh, and again, so th- that's just one example of we're trying to lighten it up and make it feel more like a show and less like a presenter read. Right, less like something that you really don't want to be there for. Exactly. Yeah, so I guess we had a um, 
somebody on the show um, in, in a past episode that did email content. And I'd always been a huge fan of very short email content because I felt the longer it gets, the more it turns into, again, something you, you don't want to read. Um, and she was pushing much longer content. And I was listening to, I think, a webinar that she was on, ironically. And she she convinced me that you don't need to have short content. You just need to have not boring content. And I guess webinars are very much the same in that they don't, you know, they don't have to be boring. You can do good webinars. Uh, you just have to actually do good webinars. You know, they're long form naturally, but uh, yeah. people have to really try to make them not boring, maybe almost more than they try to insert all the content. I think people spend a lot of time prepping it and putting it together as a presentation, and then they forget about the actual presentation part of it. Yeah, one thing, so I've got my own term for how I think about it, and that term is actionable insights per minute. So that's when I put the content together for the webinar, that's that's how I think about it. How how can I maximize the actionable insights per minute? Because that's what people came for. And they're willing to go really deep with you. That's I think that's where, you know, a podcast and a webinar are, are relatively similar. People are looking for this deep, rich information. And yeah, we all heard about the, I don't know, eight second attention span. Uh, it's like Dory in the in the movie, right? Uh, right you've right. got short term memory loss, but but the reality is, on average, people stay on a webinar for sixty one minutes, and again, that's just the average, right? So uh, sixty one minutes that people spend with you, and where else do you have an opportunity to spend sixty one minutes with a customer or a prospect and actually have them listen to you? And and so right. sixty one minutes though, if if you aren't terribly boring. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. But uh, given that that's the average, so uh, that also includes the people that bore out early, um, uh, you know, so how can you keep them engaged? And, and the way to keep them engaged is have high insights and then pull them into the event, right? Like make use of the engagement features that you have. So uh, Q&A, Q&A, icebreakers, polls, like whenever you get, the attendees on the other side to lean in and do something and participate, take an action, um, you increase the chance that they're going to stick with you to the end. And you also increase the chance that you're converting them into whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Right. One of the reasons I love doing a podcast is because I get to talk to you and interact with you and all the guests one-on-one and I find that an amazing experience so I guess yeah yeah the more you can make a webinar like that for all the audience the more they're going to want to uh, interact I hope uh after this this might be the last podcast people we might convert over to webinars after it nice <laughs> Daniel, Daniel might completely convert me here well you know one thing that's funny is in a podcast, right, and usually you'll have two people talking, right, and it'll be a back and forth. And so so that's how we try to structure some of our webinars, too. That's another way to break up that monotonous presenter read, right? You, you go with and you have two people, you have an interaction, you have some fun with it. I think that's important, too, right, to just not, not take yourself too seriously and, because this is your opportunity to have your personality shine through. You might have... You know, you might be selling the most boring widgets in the world in a B2B sense, but you can still have personality. And and this is your opportunity to bring that out. Dollar Shave Club. Razors are not exciting at all. But you That's don't have example. to be boring yeah. with your commercials. Like there's so many interesting commercials where you say, Oh, the product is not I mean, our product, we sell data. That's really, really, really not exciting. <laughs> we understand that. That's why you know we don't talk about data all day. We have people like you on. We talk about more interesting things uh, for people to listen to. Yeah, you can still be interesting even if your product isn't inherently interesting, I guess. Yeah, I, data is, is a good example, right? So, uh, so data allows you to tell stories, right? And so if uh, uh, one thing that people do do wrong is like make these terrible slides that have a ton of stuff on them. Right. So, so think of someone who, who wants to present out survey information, right. And it just like, they present this ginormous table and, and your eyes glaze over and you zone out because you're, you're unsure what you want to focus on or what you should focus on. And, but at the same time, you can tell a story out of that data. So taking that Viking example again, right. Like I could have said, 
I could have brought up a table and that table could have had, hey, here's how many people we added since last year and here's a percent increase. But instead, right. I chose to show a picture of Sweden and me in a Viking helmet, right? So, so I think that, that kind of proves that point. I mean, I guess you kind of have to act like you're, back to the short attention span thing, like you're teaching, um, you know, world history to middle schoolers. You, you can't <laughs> just give them dates and timelines and stuff like that. You have to, you know, what you did with the Viking helmet, you have to throw something there that makes it stick and have interest for them. Even, you know, I mean, we're all, we're adults talking to adults, but we don't want to consume really dry, boring stuff. And we've all seen incredibly boring content and very good content. And it's just a world of, of difference. Um, the good news is, so I've, I've ran away from uh, webinars in the past. I'm sure many other people have, you know, they had a real heyday when it was a new thing. Everything in marketing comes on, email marketing comes on, everything comes on. It has a big explosion. And then once everybody gets into it, it its impact dies down a little bit. But then you see a resurgence later of not kind of a bubble, but real kind of the strong foundation of that. And that usually, from what I see, all comes around, now it has to be done well. You know, early days of email marketing, all you had to do was do it. It was just there and you could run out and do it, but then everybody gets used to it. It, you know, it gets kind of deadened a little bit. Webinars, probably a similar thing. I'm not in the industry, so I, I, I don't know, but I imagine it had a huge explosion for a while and then people go off to other things and there's a lot more competition for them. But then all of a sudden you get this space where, okay, everybody is doing webinars for a while, but it got a lot of boring content and now you have to do it well to separate yourself and then you can still get great results. You just have to do it well. You can't just throw stuff out there anymore. Yeah, I, I think what's certainly true is that there is more competition now than there was five years ago, 10 years ago, right? Uh, there's more people like the whole... Well, what was interesting about webinars is obviously the whole notion of content and inbound marketing has driven a lot of um, attention to webinars, uh, you know, maybe five years ago in that, in that time frame, right? Like content marketing, inbound marketing um, was new and was being adopted. And so on the back of that, a lot of people adopted webinars. And if you think of webinars as what are the main use cases, right? Like a lot of our, our customer base is either using it to deliver trainings or using it to deliver uh, big meetings. So town hall meetings, all hands meetings, uh, investor relations meetings, stuff like that, right? So for us- That's really interesting. I, I wasn't thinking about it in that way yeah. at all. When I think about webinars, all I think about is marketing content. I guess I, I am kind of locked in my own world. So you're saying a large portion of it is this whole other space of videos you need for different types of training purposes. Yeah person-to-person -person interaction yeah absolutely so so actually for us training and marketing are are about equal in size of the use case and um you know think of customer onboarding right so um running a demo of your product to new customers think of sales training right um updating your sales organization on the process so our customers do all of that with webinars and um and so for us it's like well, we have this ongoing trend of webinars being adopted. People don't want to travel. Right? That's been a long, uh, around for a long time. But then marketing, inbound marketing, content marketing, that really brought out this whole marketing aspect of the market. And um, and now, obviously, that market is really saturated. If you look at, at content being produced, there's just an incredible amount of content out there. And now... It has to be better. Yours has to be better to uh, to gain attraction, right? Like the the whole 10x content thing. I think you really have to stand out, and um, and so I think that is to your point. People need to learn how to do this really well, and if you do it well, it still yes, it absolutely converts. And I think that's that's part of why you see a lot of of uh, influencers on social media, solopreneurs, they use webinars pretty heavily because they know that they can create business from them. And, and I think that's that's one of the key elements of the webinar of where webinars are different from some of the other tactics you might have in your B2B marketing mix. You can actually get people to convert right then and there. And so interesting experiment on that. Um, we used to I mean, GoToWebinar has a survey tool included, right? Like, so whenever uh, the webinar ends, there's a survey, you can ask questions. What we recommend or what we've always recommended to customers is, well, you know, ask them if they want more information, if they want a demo, right? Like, who are the hand raisers? And so that's worked well. But what we've done recently is pull that, 
We still do the survey at the end, but we've also pulled it into the event itself, right? So somewhere in the webinar, I will at some point ask, hey, um, how are you planning uh, to apply this? How, how does that make sense to you? And then can we follow up with you? And I launch a poll there. And that has basically doubled the amount of hand raisers because people are in the moment with you. You've just spoken to them about you know, the actionable insights that you want them to walk away with. So now they're ready to take an action. And so asking them right then yeah. and there, that has really do helped. Do you say that or is that through like um, um, a live chat function? So we have, uh, we have a, a, a polling tool included in the webinar and we use that um, because that way we can make it flow into marketing automation, right? So I'll launch the poll um, during the webinar. I'll ask them, hey, um, do you need help? And then my, I might have a couple of answer and uh, values like, yes, I would like more information. Yes, I would like a demo. And then once the event is over, that data gets pushed over into marketing automation. Um, and that way you can have your sales team follow up on that. So we basically, when we do a webinar follow up with the sales team, uh, we prioritize follow up accordingly. So everybody who was a hand raiser, everybody who on the webinar or in the post webinar survey indicated that they were interested in more information or in a demo gets routed to an SDR rep uh, immediately. And, uh, and then everybody who's attended depending on the feedback that they gave us. Um, so we also ask other questions. We try to figure out what's the immediacy with which they want to apply these learnings. And that helps me uh, with a sort of pseudo band qualification, right? Uh, and based on that, then we channel different groups of people, depending on their answer values to different parts of the sales organization. And, uh, and that's just the way that we follow up. Nice. So I guess I qualify all that kind of under doing it right to actually get results from your webinar. Yeah, you have to be interesting, but then... You can't just throw a webinar out there and say, okay, check the box, say I created content and we're going to make a bunch of webinars and hope something comes from it. You've got some sort of conversion aspect going on that's that's tied into the people actually being there yeah. and interacting with them and all that kind of good stuff. And it, it, it's not that different from other areas, right? Like the whole thing about like having a singular call to action, having a, a goal that you're trying to drive them towards. Uh, and that applies to webinars just like you would apply it to a landing page or an email, right? Like what's the outcome that you want to drive them to? And then make sure that you have that in there. Don't just deliver the content and then say bye-bye. Uh, make sure that you have that call to action in there. Yeah, that's that's a an important part, I guess, of any of any campaign <laughs> is to is to capture the people who actually want to buy your product probably. You know, you have a product of value and uh, you're putting it out there. You're letting them know about it. You're being compelling, and now you need to make it easy for them to interact with with, with you. Can you um, can you give us some insight into kind of what's what's new, what's different in webinars? I do want to get into the uh, kind of the video platform that you guys mm -hmm. are, are launching, the go to stage yeah. .com. Um, again, because that's the, the whole reason we're talking is I found that online, and it, I just love the idea of creating marketplaces that that create their own value and and whatnot, but. Um, I imagine you guys have a lot of new things you're adding. I know you have some because we've talked uh, to webinars and functionality and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I want to pick your brain so all the listeners can can hear, you know, your tips on how to make a good webinar, how to how to carry through with it, but also what's new in webinars. Yeah. So uh, glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> but um, so one thing, and it kind of relates to the story that you had at the beginning, right? So I used to be the head of demand generation for the go-to businesses in Europe. And my team did all these webinars. And uh, and they were doing about 100 webinars a quarter in three different languages, German, uh, French, and English. And they drove good results, right? Like we tried to do it right. Uh, we had a lot of Please, that we sent to the sales organization, they got qualified, they turned into business, everybody was kind of happy. But my team was in this hamster wheel of creating content over and over and over again. And, and so I was wondering, hey, what, what can we change about that? And that, that's actually what brought me to the US. So a little over three years ago, I moved to the US um, because I felt that we should have a better way to use the content that we've produced and do more with it, keep, have it generate demand for us long after the live event is over because we've put all this work in, right? And you, you put uh, good content together. You found an exciting speaker, an exciting topic. Uh, you put a lot of time and effort into this and then you deliver it and then the return is done, right? So how can you so get you, that return to last? You moved to the U.S. just to help people make better webinars. <laughs> it 
basically. And 50% for the You wanted to solve the problem so much that you moved to the U.S. and to meet David Hasselhoff. But besides that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So uh, the other part is, so so the GoToWebinar is is located in Santa Barbara. So uh, having been to Santa Barbara before I moved over, uh, the beach was another (laughs) another part of the package. But the other half of it. How many people that you know in Germany were, I mean, how long were they bothering you about Hasselhoff? Uh, are they, are, are your friends still bothering you? Can you get a picture? Can you, uh, <laughs> no, not, not anymore. So it's, um, uh, while I have a special love for him, uh, I, I'm not sure how prevalent it really is in Germany. We all were into Knight Rider, uh, that, that's for sure. But, uh, but no, they're not asking me. I do have, I have one sales colleague who now has a screensaver from, uh, one of the webinars I ran, uh, that has the Hoff in his red bathing shorts, um, and that's now a screensaver. I think that was a, he didn't do it himself. I think his his colleagues pranked him, but it's a great picture. <laughs> anyway, I only went to the Hoff because you brought him up first. So, anyway, back to the you, you moved to the U.S. Um, you kind of wanted to, I think, find you said a little more longevity for the content you're yes. creating. Yes. So, so my point was great. You're producing this content. This is now a recording because GoToWebinar automatically records everything into in the cloud. It turns into an MP4 file. So great. What do you do with that content? And the reality is when we look at our customers, what they do today is number one, they put it on their website in their resource center, right? So you've got it sitting in your resource center and it sits three layers down in the navigation and only the people that come to your website will ever find it. And then they really will only find it if they dig center. And it's not going to get any links because it sits so far down in the navigation. It's not going to gain links. Google's not going to pick it up. So it's essentially lost to the world, right? So, okay, great. So you've put it there and you get a couple of people that see it. Then they post it to social. But on social, you get a like here and maybe you get a retweet and you get a couple of shares and then that's it. And so it doesn't drive a lot of results. And then they post it to YouTube or as I like to call it, the place where good content goes to die. And on YouTube, you know, a couple of weeks later, you're like, okay, so this thing now has 28 views because YouTube isn't optimized for this like long form B2B content. If you think of our customers, my favorite customer example is uh, a guy who his business is educating uh, CPAs about reverse mortgages, right? And so obviously that's a super niche business. It's very, very specific. If you post that to YouTube, nobody's going to care. Right. And so oh, it's gonna go viral. <laughs> <Time> viral. <laughs> and so a couple of weeks later, you've got this handful of views and you go to your sales team and you say, like, guys, guys, you know, I posted this video. Great. We've got 28 views and your sales reps are, well, great. So who viewed it? Uh, I want to reach out. And your answer? Well, I don't know. Right. So uh, so today, the mechanics that people have for sharing out the content that they've worked two weeks, three weeks, four weeks to produce are really poor. Um, and so one thing that we wanted to create was this on-demand platform, an on-demand video platform just optimized for B2B. And that is new to GoToWebinar, and that's called GoToStage. And it comes included with uh, the GoToWebinar subscription. So every GoToWebinar customer already has it today. So if you're a customer, great, uh, check it out. Um, and then uh, it, currently it's still in beta, uh, even though it is fully functional for all customers. But uh, in the second half of the year, uh, we're going to make this publicly available to anyone. So you won't need a GoToWebinar account. You can just go there and upload video to it. So it's a little ways away. Uh, But then it doesn't matter how you've recorded your video, if you've been on a different platform or if you, uh, you know, recorded a live event with a video camera, you can upload your MP4s um, to, to the platform. And that the whole point of that is is giving your content an extra life. And what's different from being on your website is we've got the public portal. Go to webinar has sixty million people that watch webinars on Go to Webinar every year. And when we ask them, "Hey, why did you sign up for this webinar?" twenty six percent of people say, "Well, I, I signed up." Uh, because I want to watch it on demand. I don't actually want to be there for the live webinar. So we know out of those 60 million, there's 12 million people in our audience, 12 million people that the only reason they signed up is because they want to watch on demand. They want to do this on their own time. They don't want to be tied to that one spot where it's shown live. And that is what the platform delivers on, right? Like everybody can watch that on demand content at any point in time on their own time. That's perfect. And I want to add to it. And what excites me about it, it just the general concept of marketplaces. Um, when we're, you know, looking at content and like you said, where how can you make more use of this? It's just a marketplace throughout history 
marketplaces are great things. People bring products together. Um, they have gravity. Uh, you know, when everybody groups together in a marketplace, knowing their competition is going to be there because they know the marketplace has gravity and the best products will win out and that gravity will attract the visitors. Yeah, you know, imagine you are trying to, uh, I don't know, follow Twitter, except for there was no Twitter. It's like, it's the marketplace for people putting out all these ideas and thoughts and also terrible things. But, um, <laughs> then you'd have to just try to search the web for people's random comments in all different places. Like the reason I think these, these things become popular social because they, they start to create gravity and then, you know, gravity pulls people to it. That's what yeah. it does. So when I saw this site, what excited me about it was, oh, this is a marketplace. And it's not like, it's not the only marketplace on the web, but basically everything you look for on the internet. I remember the pre search engine days. If you don't have the search engine is basically a, you know, it's a marketplace for whatever you're looking for in, in general. But the, when you're looking for specific stuff to be able to go to a marketplace that, you know, has a lot of that where you can compare side to side, you go somewhere, you find one of something you have no idea. One of the things I was so excited about, about this marketplace was great. Now I don't have to watch bad webinars cause I can just look at the ones that have good yeah, reviews. Exactly. You know, I, I'm not going to watch anything that's below a certain rating. And I think I asked you, I said, can you do a, a separate rating for how boring <laughs> it is? Cause I only want to watch ones that aren't boring. I've got a problem watching like drab, dull content. Yeah. Um, so that's what excited me, just the marketplace aspect of it. The fact that I know we can put our content on there and it has gravity that's going to pull. And if our content's good, more people that are looking for that are going to see it. And then that, you know, and it sounds like I'm doing an infomercial pitch here almost. I hope it doesn't. But uh, <laughs> then also the, the it provides value to the visitors. You go to a marketplace and you can choose from all the spices, not just going to one store out in the middle of nowhere and you get what you're yeah. going to get. Tough luck. It's that, that kind of thing, just the general concept working for everyone excites me. Yeah. I'm, I, and I'm really, I'm really glad you did and you, and you reached out and, uh, and I'm obviously happy, right? Like, like everybody gets like, it's, if it's your baby, you're always happy if, uh, if people notice it, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, that's a view, like, right? Like, I think that's all of the people in B2B that geek out on B2B stuff. Uh, I think that gets otherwise from people that are not in the industry gets a lot of shrugging. <laughs> it's like, what do you care? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I get excited about that stuff too. Uh, and I, I've come from B2C. I'm actually, I'm way more excited about B2B than on uh, B2C because just because like there's so many, uh, and you know, you guys deal with data all the time, but there's so many dials and levers and uh, and it becomes something that you can really orchestrate and play around with and, and, and sink yourself into. And so that's what I like. Uh, that's what I like about B2B. But coming back to that topic of, of discoverability, right? Because one thing today, how do you learn about a webinar? You learn about a webinar because probably somebody sent you an email invite or maybe someone forwarded it or maybe 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 you found it on social right but if you let's let's go back to our example with um reverse mortgages for cpas if you google that today the first five pages of google are all blog posts support articles a lot of it isn't necessarily directly relevant because it's not about cpas and more about reverse mortgages so there's there isn't a lot of video information on this right yet the customer that we have puts on these 60 minutes in-depth topics and the, he has a core audience that gets really excited about it, yet that content today is essentially undiscoverable. Right? And I think that's that's right. what we can change with go to stage, right? Like that super, super niche topic that your business is about and that your customers care about, you can now make that discoverable. And it'll stand out next to all um, the, the blog content. So it's, it's not like, of course, Reading is still a super crucial way to to take in information, but we all know that people, uh, in a lot of cases, gravitate to video, right? And like you want another way to access that content. You want um, the, the Q and A format that comes with the webinar that is kind of preserved into into the recording. And so I think that's that's the opportunity, right? You, you, the opportunity is a you get this marketplace where you get attention from micro audiences that are interested in B2B. And the other thing is discoverability. Suddenly, this type of content can be discovered alongside uh, the more typical written content. And I think that's the other opportunity there. Right. And I think, I mean, I just keep getting excited about the marketplace aspect because it gets it gets so deep in the in the value. I think about, oh, if I want to look up, a, you know, know a little more about something my data guys are doing and hashing emails or some super exciting data stuff like that, 
you know, rather, like you said, rather than Googling it, you, I can go and actually get content where somebody's speaking to it and say, oh, here's people who know about this stuff. Here's, you know, here's valuable content, uh, kind of more targeted, I guess. And that's that, that targeted marketplace, being able to go somewhere where you know you can get stuff and pick through, you know, multiple options for, for what to watch. That's, I don't know, that's, it, it gets me excited. I'll try to stay focused on uh, on the topic here, but uh, <laughs> I just love the market aspect of it. Um, so I want to take a quick break, but after the break, let's get back to kind of webinars in in general, and um, you know, pick your brain on some tips, some do's, some don'ts, uh, some fun stuff like that for the for the listeners. Sounds great. Hey, I'm Adam, the CEO at Siftrock. We help B2B marketers manage all your email replies. So instead of manually sorting through the real responses, the out-of-office replies, the left company notifications, you can use our tool to automatically filter those responses, route the good ones to your reps, and update your marketing automation platform automatically. You can find us at siftrock.com. Hi, this is Sky Cassidy, and you're listening to the If You Market podcast. We've got uh, Daniel Wass here with us today. Back from break, uh, Daniel, the marketing director at GoToWebinar. We're talking all about webinars, um, breathing life back into webinars, how to have successful webinars. Uh, Daniel, thanks for uh, jumping back here with us, and uh, let's talk about um, some tips, tricks, do's, don't do's, all that kind of stuff. All right. All right. I'll kick this off with the with the stuff that I always get asked by the audience. Right. So um, what's the best day to do a webinar? Well, uh, we've done we've done a ton of analysis. We've actually analyzed uh, over 300,000 webinar sessions to look at what works and what doesn't. And the easy answer is uh, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those are the best days to host webinars. And they're all like give or take they're roughly similar. So if you do it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you can't really go far wrong. Um, there's exceptions. Uh, so you should always test and learn. So in our case, our organizers, our customers are hosting webinars on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So Fridays work well for us. But for uh, as general guidance, right, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I guess I would imagine uh, on Monday, people are just getting you know, getting their week set up, they have a lot to do. And then on Friday, they're having to try to cram everything and they didn't get done on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. And I think like Friday, people are kind of in an out of the week mindset, right? You're, you're preparing for your weekend. So we don't see a lot of good traction there. And, and Monday, as you say, right, you're, you're trying to get your work structured. There's probably a ton of stuff that you have to catch up on. So we just see lower registrations, lower attendance rates for Mondays and Fridays. So just stay away from them. Um, then in terms of timing, because that's then the next question, what's the best time to do this, right? So if you're in the U.S. because of time zones and, and if you have a, a national audience uh, in the U.S., then good times are 10 a.m. Pacific to noon Pacific. Uh, and then there are equivalents, right, like uh, in the other time zones. Uh, and uh, those are the windows that really have people from all over the time zones in a relatively good spot. Um, so that's what we recommend. And obviously, if you look, if we look at all the people attending webinars, right, the wide majority of people attending webinars is either on the East Coast or the West Coast, right? Um, so, right. so that's why these times work uh, work specifically well. Yeah, I think that fits with a lot of you know a lot of marketing when our our guys are calling, kind of everything when when you send out email campaigns. Uh, the center of the country, there's not a whole lot there, as as far as population mass goes, and then East Coast. People don't realize, but if you look at a, a weighted map of the U.S., I think um, St. Louis is kind of the center of mass for the U.S. Mm -hmm. There's just way more population on the East Coast. Um, so you want to hit them kind of after lunch and the West Coast before lunch, and then you've got everybody not at lunch, I suppose. Yes. Uh, and so that's that's proven to work and, and it, you know, give or take. All right. Then the other thing, people get really obsessed uh, with attendance rate. Right. So so the, I always get the question, like, what's a good attendance rate? And, and my answer is kind of, yes, I can give you a number, but also it kind of doesn't matter. Uh, and so so here's the thing. Right. So uh, average attendance rate that we're seeing for these thought leadership lead gen type webinars is around 35 percent. So if you're far below that. You know, you could be doing better. If you're far above it, uh, you're doing great. But my point is attendance rate doesn't really matter as much as promoting and getting registrations. Because if we look at the top 100 webinars, we looked at the at the best 100 webinars run on GoToWebinar uh, in the last year. What we find is 
more than 40% of these best webinars, uh, in terms of how many people engaged and attended, 40% of those had a really poor attendance rate. But they did fantastic in terms of promoting and getting registrations in. So they had thousands of registrations. And so they still end up outperforming people that had a great attendance rate, but were able to get less people um, excited. So the key is promoting. So basically they're uh, cult classics? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I guess one of the things I've seen in, in the boring webinars is uh, they seem like, to me, the feeling I get is, oh, this is one of those webinars where they were just looking for signups. That's all they wanted was signups for their salespeople to pursue. The content didn't even really matter. Sometimes I wonder why they even hosted it because um, it, it probably hurt their brand to put out that kind of a, that kind of content. And that's a recipe like for a disaster, really by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, you really want that long-term traction, not just the, the quick hit. We got the signups. Who cares if they listen, we're going to follow up with them. All we wanted was the sign up info. And now if you're the SDR or the sales reps following up with that, that sucks, right? Because you're following up, like the, the experience of you following up is basically, hey, you know, you were interested in this webinar and the person on the other side can either not remember it um, or is just you not hope, interested. You hope they don't they, remember it. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and so that's, we generally recommend, like as we score out, the best practice for scoring stuff out and routing it is don't send all your signups to your sales team. That just, that's just a time waster for, for the people on the other side instead. And I think we touched on this earlier, right? Like focus on quality. So get hand raisers in the event, talk about what their benefit is. And then when they're ready to take an action, pull them, ask them, um, Hey, would you like a demo? Would you like whatever it is that you offer? Would you like a follow-up, a consultation, whatever your call to action is, and then take these people, Ask that same question again in the survey. Take these people and route them to the sales uh, to the sales folks as priority, and then maybe, maybe, maybe look at uh, everybody who attended. And but even for that, use polls and surveys to kind of triage that somewhat and, and figure out what's higher priority and what's lower priority, and, and structure your follow up accordingly. Because otherwise, you're just wasting your sales team's time. Right. Look at it as upstream marketing more than just 100% lead generation. Yeah. I mean, the other bit is it's great to get all the registrants in and, and by all means, right, like email them, send them more content, engage with them. But don't use your high paid resources on something that is very far up funnel because um, that's that's just not going to be cost effective. Right. Look to nurture them and see if you can turn them into a lead, not uh, not just immediately have people start attacking them. And then I guess the salespeople also, they don't, if you start throwing those at them, then they get the impression of, oh yeah, when I get these webinar leads, like don't even bother to follow up with them. They're no good. Exactly. You're going to, you're going to have trouble getting consistent follow-up if you send bad quality in. Cause of course, right. Like if I'm the rep, I'm, I need to optimize for my quota and, and for how I spend my time. And I'm going to spend the time on, uh, what from my experience works. And so if you send them hot leads from the webinar that are actually hand raisers, you will train them on following up with those because they're actually successful with them. Uh, and you'll also, uh, you'll, you'll save their time and you'll save yourself time and trouble. We did a webinar at uh, one point in, in years past. And I remember a, a sales rep uh, commenting on a lead they got from it and saying, yeah, I called that guy and he said, he just signed up for the webinar to see how it works. And we said, oh, wow, like that really could have used some further qualification, I guess, just handing off every sign up, not the best idea. You get those kind of things and you, you can really uh, turn salespeople off. The other thing, because we talked about promotion, right? And, and I said, hey, attendance rate is not the end all be all. So one thing that we've done uh, and that I see others successfully do is co-marketing. Because one question is always, hey, you know, I, I have trouble getting people to sign up for the event. There are so many other webinars. People are busy. Their calendars, da, 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 right? Like all sorts of reasons why you can't get signups. And uh, well, the number one tactic that works to generate signups is email. Right. So uh, we get told over and over again that email is dead and there's like all these other channels. Everything's but for promoting dead, webinars, Email's dead. Yeah, cold calls yeah. dead. But webinars are dead. Under, <laughs> tactics that are older than five years generally dead. Uh, <laughs> um, so the fact is email still uh, contributes more than 80% of, of webinar signups. Right. And, and so if you want to get high signups, you need a decent email database. So focus on building your list 
and your list is your best way to get people to show up to the webinar. And your webinar then is the way that you convert people that you otherwise have in your list and that you're not going to convert on email. Uh, that's how you convert people from the list into, into actual business, right? So, so think about list building. And then one, one pushback that I get for that is, well, we don't have a big list or we're just starting out with our list. And then the answer to that is co-marketing. So, so one thing that works really well is partners. And then you don't have to do all the content. You have other experts on there talking as well. We've been partners on webinars where we actually don't speak. All we do is provide uh, data. All we do is provide promotion of the webinar because we're a data company. I mean, ultimately, if somebody wants to promote to a very large audience, you know, we have access to massive amounts of data. Um, I always recommend to people that on the webinar, you can cold promote a webinar, but it's not obviously not the same response as promoting, you know, a partner promoting to their in-house list. Um, you know, the list of people they know are are active, are interested in things, are real, all those kind of great things you want in a database. Um, you know, you come get a purchase database. Yeah, you can get some signups, look to get as targeted as possible. But yeah, having those partners, we found when we were doing webinars, um, that was our number one way of doing it. Distributes the yeah. workload. It, uh, you know, you get a much broader reach to a much more focused, more responsive audience. And then, of course, um, you know, we're a data company. If anybody needs data for webinars, you can always reach out to us. We don't, uh, we don't mind that. Um, but yeah, being able to promote by by email is is a great technique. And like you said, with partners, that was the the only way we were doing it uh, towards the end. The other benefit is that we talked about how it's in, more engaging to have two speakers on, right? Uh, and so there's your other speaker, right? So you collaborate on the content. You don't have to do all the work yourself. You come on the show together and it just makes for a more interactive experience and, and for more engagement. And obviously you pick a partner that is adjacent to what you do, has a similar audience, and uh, and then you're exposing yourself to to a new audience, new prospects, and uh, and that's so so that's that's how we recommend it. To and work. it gives a stronger partnership with that partner too. You know, you're you're doing something together. That's always good. Yeah, uh, there's uh, I can actually I'll give a if you'll allow me I'll give a partner shout out right there. Uh, <laughs> we've done one with Aweber recently, and we're now moving on to building an integration together. Right, so so it helps you build a relationship. Uh, you get to know people, and uh, not only did we have a great webinar, and Aweber talked about all the email best practices and how to do that. That was which was great content for our audience, but then also it it just it strengthens the relationship with specific partners and uh, and there's a lot more opportunity that can come from it. We've also recently in in the break you asked me about disasters, right? <laughs> so uh, we also disasters, yeah. yeah, disasters, damn it. Um but uh, we've recently also, because the co-marketing works so well, we've also thought about, okay, how can we um, better do influencer marketing? So one thing that was interesting, we had a, a co-marketing webinar with our friends from Mention, so dropping another partner name, right? And, and, and they do social media monitoring, influencer monitoring. And, uh, and so we had a, a webinar about influencer marketing and, um, and Joey, uh, their counterpart that I had on, uh, she gave an example of how she pitched an influencer with the super simple email template and, uh, and they came on for free and i'm like wait a minute uh we've paid influencers in the past and so uh so i started pitching influencers and um and so we got a big big influencer to come on the webinar i was really excited because we didn't have to pay and uh, i'm not gonna give his name i got really excited it looks like it's a million followers plus and um and of course of course, the influencer is busy and, you know, can't do a rehearsal with us and, uh, and no, no, uh, just going to have the con and down and so on. And, uh, and so usually we start the webinar 30 minutes early just to make sure everybody's there. Everybody has time to, uh, rehearse, you know, uh, relax and, and chill out and that we've got everything set up. And so 30 minutes in the influencer isn't there. 20 minutes in the influencer isn't there. 10 minutes in, we're like, the influencer provides all the content, right? We don't even have the deck. Uh, so uh, Erica, who runs the webinars with me and I, we're just panicking. <laughs> we're, we're on the webinar. There's 1,800 people registered and uh, and we have nobody to actually give the presentation. And then- Robbing, uh, trying to do impressions of the influencer. We were, yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were trying to scramble and like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, and then 10 minutes before the webinar started, influencer came in. And, uh, 
and then delivered a pretty lackluster beginning and then got stronger over time right and and i thought because well, he's uh, a he's a pro you know he's you were you were scared but he's gonna be there that's why he's an influencer <laughs> hopefully <laughs> <laughs> still uh left me chewing my fingernails but um so what was interesting though was i i thought it was really good content right um, and it was these high level ideas. We ran for about 40 minutes um, and I was enthusiastically nodding along to his content. And, and then we got the we got the survey results. And in our surveys, we always ask a question. We ask, uh, how would you rate the webinar today? And then uh, it's like a four box score. So it's uh, excellent, good, fair, poor. And usually uh, I'll, I'll, I'll total up. Um, the excellent and the good. And I end up usually 90% plus is what we get for our webinars, which is kind of my benchmark for where I want to end up. And in this case, we dropped to 67%. Hmm. And uh, and so this is the first big influencer marketing uh, webinar that we've done in that series. And, uh, and so I reached out to the people that had given poor ratings uh, to find out why. And the answer was, well, I wasn't sure how to directly apply that. It was interesting, but I wasn't sure how to apply it. And, and so that to me, we talked about actionable insights per minute earlier. I, I think that to me is the difference, right? You want to make sure that you have these actionable insights and that you get get into tactics and deep into how how to do something and, and give them the exact steps on how to do it. And I think that's where right. Give people a takeaway. And I guess I got to apologize. I keep working on that here, like for our audience listening. Um, I'm always trying to think of making sure we give takeaways for you guys. So speaking of takeaways then, uh, and to give you something immediately actionable, right? So uh, when we talk about promoting, one thing that we've looked at are what are webinar titles and which kind of webinar titles work well and which don't. And there are really simple rules for what works and what doesn't. And uh, and the reality is the, the majority of people just as they put their webinar title in and all the webinar tools kind of seduce you to do that, right? Like the first thing when you schedule a webinar is it has this title field. And you're like, okay, uh, well, this webinar right. is about social media marketing. You type something in. And you do all the other stuff and you've got a poor title. And that poor title reflects in everything, everywhere where you promote this thing, you're going to have your poor, boring title and it's not going to attract an audience. So make sure that you name the webinar something exciting. right? And, and the same formulas that you would apply to a blog post work for a webinar. So lists work really well. Right, like the 17 tips to so and so, number five will amaze you, or something like that. Right, how to information. So, if in doubt, like take your boring title and add how to at the beginning. Right, yeah, I have to admit, I was looking at um, some of your information before uh, we recorded today, and I I saw some of those titles in in your guys' webinars and and in some of your slide decks, and I was a little. ashamed thinking of the titles that we've given to our to our podcast here in the past so i will make sure that this episode has a much more compelling uh, title than we usually do because i i never put enough weight on that title and i know you know that that's what people ultimately it's a subject line of email i always think about subject lines of emails that's that's what the title is absolutely same mechanic right like you scroll uh, podcasting right you scroll down that list and if it doesn't sound interesting i'm not going to click in right and and so the same is true for webinar titles so get your swipe file or google swipe file blog swipe file and just take inspiration from that uh sometimes i'll i'll I'll, so i have my own webinar swipe file where i have like all the headlines that i think might work well and then i'll come up with a topic and then i'll just try that topic with a couple of title formulas from the swipe file and I'll come up with an approach. So, um, so last week we did, um, the biggest webinar myth, right? And so I had this MythBuster headline in the swipe form, uh, swipe file, and uh, and that actually we were thinking about how can we deliver webinar tips, and then we thought, oh, there's this myth highlight. Okay, let's package it up as myth, and that really worked well. We ended up having all these myth, one of them being that webinars are dead, which we disproved with the Swedish people, right? So. Um, yeah. And and that was just a fun way to do it. So think about these these titles and, and spend some time on that. Yeah, I guess uh, if if the um, aforementioned Night Rider had been called a, a guy in his car as a title, yeah. it probably would never have caught on. Yeah, not quite the same thing, right? That so, might have been the working title, but then they came back and fixed it. So I guess you can put in your title right away, but you got to go back and and update that title, make it something more compelling. 
Yeah. By the way, uh, like I have to stick on, uh, stay on the Hof for a moment. I was at a country concert. So as a German, this was my first ever country music uh, concert. It was in Santa Barbara and it was Brett Paisley. And so he had some, uh, some background video and, uh, and that was him riding, uh, riding Kit, the so Knight Rider's car. Uh, and uh, I was so jealous of him. I'm like, man, he got to drive Kit. I want to drive Kit. So, uh, so I, I'll add that to my bucket list. So maybe sometime in my life I can drive You're in here in Southern California, you can, I'm sure you can find it. One of the things you'll be, um, you'll be not as thrilled when you see it. You might not, you don't want to meet your heroes. You don't want to meet the kit car maybe because um, they're never as exciting when you meet them in purpose. Mm-hmm. You, in person, you see the Batmobile and you just see like, oh, there's pieces of scotch tape holding things together on the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, right. it's not as so glamorous it's a a as you think it is in the movie. Yeah. Oh, it's, always, it's always a bit of a letdown. It's better to go with the, uh, you know, the movie produced version probably. But yeah. it's around somewhere. There's probably half a dozen kit cars floating around the LA area. So, so that that was another uh, that was another tip. The titles and now uh, earlier I wanted to bring this in earlier and I, I forgot about it, but now I just remembered it. So um, the other bit because you asked about what's new, right? The other bit is uh, simulated live webinars, so evergreen webinars, right? So so that's another way you can just get more return from your events, and uh, and what that is, is essentially you you run the live webinar. And then you've got the recording and you schedule that as a simulated live. So that's a feature in GoToWebinar. And uh, and what that does is it runs the webinar as if it was live, but you don't have to be there, right? Um, right and right. So, uh, so a couple of use cases for that. One is you've got this great content and you've got it produced. So for the marketing use case and, and you promote it once and, and then it's over. Well, yes, now you can post it to go to stage, but you can also schedule it as a simulated live. So I have this, the webinar that we did on how to be engaging on a webinar. Um, I have that scheduled. It runs every week and it just runs by itself. And so I can keep promoting it. I can pe- keep push, uh, pushing people to it and gets a handful of people every week that watch it. And, uh, and it feels like the live thing, right? Like we've, uh, we've made extra sure that we're not dating it. Uh, we have all the polls so you can participate in the polls. You can ask questions and so on. Um, we pick up the questions in the Q and A all throughout. And then, uh, so we did that in the live webinar. So as you, as people watch that simulated experience, they also hear all the answers that we gave on the live webinar. And then our copy for the Q and A is, Hey, if, um, if, we're not getting to your question today. We're going to get back to you after. And, and so um, people go through that. If they have Q&A, it gets sent to me on email and, and I can follow up on that and pass it on to the sales team. And uh, and that's just that's another kind of cool way to take the work that you've already done and, and give it an extra life. There's another couple of ways that this is cool. So, for example, our onboarding team, right? runs the same training every Monday for a different set of customers. And so they go over this thing over and over and over again. And so they also have that scheduled now as a simulated live where um, they give the full um, they give the full training. People can ask questions, but they don't actually have to be there, right? Um, and so that's that's another kind of cool tool. Right. It's like uh, syndicating it kind of. I was watching Murder, She Wrote the other night for some random reason and thought, wow, this actually, I can't believe this still holds up. Uh, <laughs> if it's good, you can keep playing it over and over again. I guess, I mean, I was thinking about the that, that uh, what do you call it, simulated uh, live? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm botching the name here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes, that's right. That could also be useful for people who are worried about jumping in and recording a webinar. Um, yes. you know, worried about so me that's... yelling that it's not interesting enough. You can record it over and over again until you get it right, kind of. You can try being more exciting, yeah. uh, <laughs> crack more jokes, listen to it, edit it, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then so that's a, that's a great point because that's that's one of the things, right? Like if you're in a business where you're getting tech experts or you're getting an expert on something and you'd have to drag them to the nail to your webinar, right? So uh, we know that's a, a challenge that a lot of our customers have. Hey, I have this expert and he's really good at whatever it is, right? Something super specific, and but they're not great at public speaking. This is... Simulated Live is perfect for them because there's no nerves. You can re-record this 15 times until you feel super comfortable with it, and then it's just going to be played back. Uh, by the way, we also have video playback. So Right. Some people are great live, and some people yeah. are good in the studio. So you know, maybe it needs to be produced a little bit more for some. some... Yeah. So it's great for that. It's also great for time zones. We talked about time zones, right? Let's say you have your audience in the U.S., but you also have international markets, right? You have the U.K., and you have uh, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and again, Simulated Live, you record it in the U.S., you do the live session in the U.S., and then you just schedule it for playback 
um, in the local time zone for the UK and the local time zone for um, for Australia. And uh, and you can make sure that you can get people when they're actually awake and and in their business. Wait, so like live TV, you can actually have one time zone watching live and then other time zones watching the recorded version from, you know, like, like New Year's Eve here, we watch New York's recorded version. Of the vaults. <laughs> I always feel like a little bit of a fraud. Like this already happened. Those people already cheered. I don't want to watch. Like, the the, this is the, the, I kind of, I like the, I like the ball drop thing. So things since coming from Germany, right? Like with kids in California, it's perfect, right? You can go to bed at nine and, uh, but you've done the whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I can't watch recorded sports. Cause I always feel like it's a joke on me. If I get excited about whether the guy catches the ball yeah. or drops it, like it Sorry, happened hours man. ago. Everybody else already knows. How am I on the edge of my seat for history? Yeah, so you can do that. You can schedule them out though. That's really convenient. That's nice. You don't have to manually go in. It's just all in your system. Yes. Uh, so if you, uh, it, yeah, yeah. If you haven't checked out, go to webinar in a while, check it out. There's like a ton of new stuff uh, that's included with it. And, uh, and we're having a good deal of fun with it. Um, and we also have fun on our webinars. So, so t- check us out also, uh, like have a look at go to stage and, uh, and look at some webinar, uh, webinars in the marketing category. You'll also find our webinars ranking every now and then we have this, um, machine learning algorithm behind it that looks at things like watch time, things that uh, like how many people were in the live event, um, to, uh, to assess, right, you know, right. what's worth watching. Um, and, uh, and so check that out and, and look at a couple of our webinars to, to get an idea. Yeah. That's what excites me is it creates a marketplace that allows the, the better prospects to come to this top. So as a shopper and as a creator, I know I can go to this marketplace and I'm going to, you know, if I create good content, it's going to rise to the top. And when I'm looking for good content, I can, you know, I can go there and get the good stuff. So I'm super excited about that platform, the go to stage, yeah. uh, platform again uh disclaimer for everybody not even a disclaimer just a note to everybody this, this was not a pre-planned infomercial for that we product i yeah. just love it <laughs> we don't we did not pay sky for this yep. uh. <laughs> and uh, i was i was excited to have you come on i was like yes they're gonna come on i i, I love it i, I want to talk to these guys um so thank you for coming on it's uh it's been awesome um I think everybody can go to uh, to our site, ifyoumarket.com, to get the show notes, to get more information on uh, on Daniel. Daniel, anything else you want to add before uh, before we finish up here? Yes. you had, you had One thing you had asked uh, that we haven't touched on is how we run oh, our yeah, webinars yeah, just yeah. from a technical setup. Uh, and so we've got this this webinar wagon. And uh, and so that's a good thing, too. Maybe you can put the link to that in the show notes. But if you Google go to webinar blog, uh, we've got a blog where we talk about what we do and how we do it and why we think uh, it works. And we also have this blog post about the setup that we have called the webinar wagon, which is I'm standing at it right now. It has a professional microphone, it has professional lighting, which for the podcast I don't need, but uh, has a professional camera. And I can just wheel it into a meeting room and host my webinar from there on a two monitor setup and uh, with a green screen in the background. And so there's a blog post about it. So come check out the, the GoToWebinar blog for that. Or uh, also super simple, if you just want to connect with me on Twitter or LinkedIn. So Daniel Boss, W-A-A-S like Sam, and find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, I'm uh, super happy to, I, I don't know, I can talk B2B and uh, and webinars for hours, and I'm always happy to do so. That was another reason I was excited to have you on the show. I, I saw you specifically saying, I love to talk B2B. <laughs> I said, great. Somebody yes. that isn't going to think it's weird that I like to talk about this kind of stuff so much. Um Okay, excellent. So we've got your Twitter out there. And you said, uh, I think I'm mispronouncing it every single time I say your name. So the end of the episode here is probably a great time to clear that up. It's uh, W-A-A-S, but it's pronounced Voss. Is that right? So, yeah. So in Germany, you would say Voss. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so I'm wondering if, uh, you know, the skier Voss, uh, V-O-S-S, if, if that was if that used to be my name and, and, and they just changed it so that Americans would pronounce it the right way. But yes, uh, Voss. But I'm not particular to it. You can pronounce it any way you want. Uh, and that's absolutely fine with me. Excellent. Um, so... Also, uh, some other places that you can find uh, Daniel Voss. Um, there's a podcast you were on with that. the. <laughs> I got to try to get a couple proper pronunciations in here. Um, Marketing Smarts put out a podcast you were a guest on. Also, the yes, Gen podcast uh, you were a guest on there. And then, as you said, the your Twitter account uh, Daniel uh, Voss, and then uh, LinkedIn. Of course, you can just put his name in, find him there. And uh, as you said, check out Go to Stage. Uh, very cool product. Um, still in beta. 
but uh, will be available for everybody soon. We can't wait to start getting stuff uh, stuff on there, and then we'll put stuff information up on the show notes. Um, we'll put something up there for you on the webinar wagon. You guys have your one man band uh, machine for creating webinars there. Um, and uh, thank you for joining us today. Thanks uh, everybody for listening. Again, check out the show notes. Thanks a ton for having yep. me. Uh, ifyoumarket.com. And um, remember, if you build it, you'll go out of business. But if you market, they will come. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.